Welcome to the Meaningful Motherhood Podcast, a show for women seeking insight and inspiration around how to create their very own personal brand of motherhood, one that is both meaningful and more importantly, which works for them, their children, their family and their life. And now, here's your host, women's health occupational therapist, Sarah Hoisler. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Meaningful Motherhood podcast. So you might have seen today's topic listed as being what you need to know about co-regulation. And I'm wondering how many of you actually have heard that term before um, or are familiar with what that term means, because I, I feel like many of you may not know it because it is a term that isn't widely used in um parenting and motherhood circles um, but it's one that comes through in you know more infant mental health and mental health and childhood well-being circles so I'm going to explain what it is in a little bit but first I'd like to share a little story with you. So last week I was on Facebook and I was reading a post in a private group, which is a group dedicated to parents who are seeking to support their children's well-being. And um, basically the crux of the question was this mum asking, how can I help my child effectively manage their own overwhelming feelings and tantrums when I can't do that for myself? So they were struggling with their child having tantrums and and being really overwhelmed, but she freely acknowledged that the whole family, mum and dad, were all a little bit like that and were all prone to fighting and shouting and yelling and tantrums themselves. So it's a bit of a concern and um, what I put in that post was that I thought it was really important for mum to go and seek some support herself because it sounds like mum's struggling with her ability to self-regulate herself and I thought that was really important for her to actually find someone that could teach her some strategies to support herself first so that she can then support her child because the short answer is you can't. (laughs) Unfortunately you can't help a child or support a child to manage their own feelings and emotions really well if you can't do that for yourself and that's where we start talking about this concept of regulation and co-regulation. So regulation or self-regulation is our ability to negotiate and manage our own feelings and behaviours and emotions in any given circumstance and that also includes being able to express those feelings and emotions in ways that are appropriate and constructive. So basically it's our ability to manage our reactions to a sad or traumatic event, so our ability to, you know, display an appropriate emotional reaction to something we see that happens it's sad it's our ability to you know calm ourselves down when something really exciting happens so you know that we're not Tom Cruise jumping on the couch every time you know our child poos in the toilet or something you know we want to be able to have appropriate levels of reactions to things that happen to us Um, And it's also our ability to control our behaviours or impulses which stem from those emotions. So, you know, it's our ability not to, you know, kick the cat when we come home after a hard day at work or to slam doors when we're upset with what our children are doing or to, um, you know, punch a wall when we're really angry at someone. So co-regulation is the next step for this. Self-regulation is our ability to do that for ourselves. 
And children, and especially babies and infants, cannot self-regulate. So co-regulation is when we, as parents or mothers, support our children to regulate their emotions, their feelings, and their behaviours. So babies and young children can't regulate. They simply don't have the brain architecture to do so. Um, by school age, they're generally starting to develop this ability to regulate, um, but they're still learning. So they'll be able to do some things, but they might not be able to do others. So they might be able to regulate feeling sad after they've fallen off their bike and scunned their knee, um, but they might not be able to regulate an emotion around their best friend telling them they don't want to be friends anymore because that's something a little bit more intense and a little bit more emotionally complex. So as they go along, children will start to learn to be able to regulate their emotions better over the years. Um, it should also be said that generally <laughs> um, girls are better able to co-regulate earlier uh, to, sorry, to self-regulate earlier than boys, which is why we still see lots of um, boys exhibiting, you know, difficulties with impulse control um, into their teen and early early 20s. So their ability to regulate their impulse control doesn't come until late teens, early 20s sometimes. Um, but coming back to younger children, so infants, babies, preschoolers, they really need us as parents to help them co-regulate. And this is one of the really important things about parenting that we need to understand in order to get it right. <laughs> so, um, you know, there's a phrase that we use in this field of infant mental health, which is that there's no such thing as a baby. A baby only exists in connection with a primary carer, let's say its mother. So babies, what they need most is someone to be there with them in this moment to help them organise their emotions and to find a way out to help them feel like they can manage whatever is thrown at them. So that's the concept that we, that we use. And you might have heard the phrase holding space. You know, you might have heard that phrase before, which is around, you know, being with a person and letting them experience their emotions and helping them through that. And that's what we're doing here with co-regulation. So, but to be able to do this well, we need to have that capacity to regulate ourselves. So, you know, we can't expect our toddler to move out of the tantrum throwing stage if we ourselves are throwing a tantrum every time someone doesn't stake the dishwasher. And we can't expect our child to stop crying over that scun knee. You know, if we're crying every time, you know, someone switches the channel and we don't want them to. And we can't expect our preschooler to stop crying um, after they've, you know, bumped their head on the table if we're automatically dismissing of their pain. Oh, you're not hurt. You're fine. You know, that's not an, a co-regulation strategy. That's just sort of dismissing what they're feeling. It's not helping them. So how do we co-regulate? How do we help our kids to experience emotions and feelings and to move through them in a way that's effective and that's appropriate and that's constructive? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> and I don't know that I've got all the answers for that today um, because really this is just an introduction to this topic. Um, but here's basically how it works. And there's a few steps that we can, that we can go through that you can kind of use to help you um, think about starting this journey of helping your child to co-regulate. 
So the first thing that we do is we meet the baby or the child where they're at. So if we've got a child who's upset, a child who's hurt, a child who's crying or a child who's super excited and over exuberant and going bouncing off the walls, we meet them where they're at. So we try to bring ourselves a little bit more into line with where they are, which helps to reflect how they're feeling. So for example, if we've got a child who's fallen over and scunned their knee, um, you know, and they're crying and they're upset, we'll use our behaviours and our tone of voice and our body language to meet them where they are. It's like we might come down and crouch down with them and, and take hold of their leg. And go, oh my goodness, you've hurt your knee. Oh dear, look at that. You know, we'll use that kind of language to demonstrate that we can see that this is something that's upsetting. This is something that's not, you know, normal. That's something that's not a good thing to have happened, but that doesn't overload them. You know, we wouldn't come rushing going, oh my gosh, you've hurt your knee. Oh, call an ambulance. You know, that's just going to take their levels up higher. So we want to make sure that when we're meeting them where we're at, it's almost just below where they are and it's not quite as high and it's not definitely not over overextending where they are so we meet them where they are and which is why it's really important not to just dismiss feelings it's like oh get over it you'll be fine oh it's not that bad oh you're not hurt you're not hurt because it really dismisses a child's feelings and it really sends the message to them that they don't understand how they feel could you imagine if you slammed your finger in a door frame and it's there throbbing and it's turning black and it's just unbearably painful for a couple of seconds and you're looking at it trying to blink back tears and your husband or partner came along and said oh it's okay you're not hurt you know what would you do what would you do to your husband you'd probably smack them with the other good hand not that I would ever suggest doing that I'm not condoning violence but basically, this is why we have to meet them where they're at, because it acknowledges that they're having an emotion that's real and that's true and that's perfectly normal to have emotions in different experiences in our life. So we meet them where they are. And then the next step is that we help them out of that. So we do what we can and what we know as parents to help them out of that. So our child with a scun knee, oh my goodness, you've hurt your knee. Oh dear, look at that. That looks like it might hurt here let's see if we can come and sit down and I'll get a nice soft cloth and oh there doesn't that feel better now oh goodness that feels better so can you see how we're trying to de-escalate the situation we're not telling them that there's not a problem we're showing them that there was a problem and we can do something about it and here we're doing our best to make it feel better so that's a way of helping them out of that situation and so when we're co-regulating this is what we're doing we're modeling a behavior so that they can see it they can see it in action we're showing them the tools that we use you know we use our language we use our body language we use our actions we use our level of tone of voice and it helps the baby or the child to develop empathy and to help them see that there are tools they can use to move out of these experiences of high emotion. Um, and, and it's the beginnings of their ability to regulate themselves. So that's a really, really fast example <laughs> of where, of how co-regulation works. Um, and you know, if this is a really interesting topic, I'd really love for you guys to 
ask me more questions about it and I can maybe go into a bit more detail in a further podcast about it. But what I want to do for now is I want to just skip forward to talk about, you know, what this means for mothers. So what does this mean for the mum who's struggling to regulate herself because she's not going to be able to really help a child self-regulate through that co-regulation strategy if she's not regulated herself. So the first thing I want you to remember is that new motherhood is an incredibly dysregulating time for women. So emotionally, physically, psychologically, physiologically, we are changed, we are dysregulated and it takes us some time to find our new equilibrium, to find our new normal. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to have this moment of dysregulation for a period of time because it allows us to reflect on ourselves and our role as a mother and in a sense it helps us to reorganise our sense of who we are and how we exist in the world and what our role is. But we do need to come back to being more regulated. And that might be that you demonstrate regulation in a different way than you did before you had children. But if you are not regulated, then you need support to get there. So there's a few things you can do. You know, most of us, I think, are pretty good at knowing what helps to regulate us. You know, what is it that you need? Do you need more time on your own? Do you need more time out in nature? Do you need more time moving and exercising? Do you need better nutrition? Do you need to reduce your schedule? You know, I think a lot of us have that ability to understand what it is we need to regulate us, but maybe we're just not doing it at the moment. So it's really important to ask yourself those questions around, am I dysregulated? How can I help regulate myself so I'm on a more even and effective emotional keel all the time? But if you can't do that yourself, if you're struggling with that, if you're trying and it's not working, that's where it becomes really important that you seek external support. So seeking support from um, your health practitioners, your GP, a child health nurse, a psychologist or a mental health OT like myself, um, and just seeking that support from someone, explaining to them what's happening at the time and getting their support to give you the tools to help build your capacity to do this because it's really important that we can that we can regulate ourselves because if we can't then like I said before we we're going to struggle being able to help our children co-regulate and it's particularly important if we don't have another adult or primary carer in the household that can help the child to co-regulate because like I said before that baby only exists in the presence of you know another another person who is caring for them so the earlier the better you know um, especially in the first three years we know that the first three years of a, of a child's life um, are when their brain architecture is developing and particularly those first 12 months are when so many foundations are laid and these are the years that that our, those brains are malleable and are really being formed. So we want to give children the best opportunity we can to form those strong brain foundations of regulation early on because they're going to have long-term impacts on the way they can relate to themselves, that they understand themselves, that they relate to others, that they can show empathy, that they can self-regulate, they can have good impulse control and you know have less risk of developing mental health conditions later in the track as well. So that's a little intro (laughs) to this topic of co-regulation 
and self-regulation. Um, I find this such a fascinating topic and when I did my studies in infant mental health, it really opened up so many windows of understanding for me about um, parenthood and motherhood and why babies do what they do. Um, it gave me so many aha moments as to why I instinctively did some things with my children that just worked um, and also some aha moments about ways I could have done other things a whole lot better. <laughs> so, you know, I think this information is really important and I'd love to do um, a few more topic, a few more um, podcasts on this topic if it's something that you think you might be interested in. So if you are, please just pop a comment on the Facebook post or on the iTunes or send me a DM just sort of asking about this topic and, and saying that you're really interested and you'd like to know more. Um, so until then, I will see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Meaningful Motherhood podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would absolutely love it if you could please subscribe to the podcast or leave a review on iTunes. I'd also love to hear any feedback or suggestions you might have on how I can make this show even better. And finally, please remember this disclaimer that this podcast is designed for education and entertainment purposes only and in no way is any part of it intended as diagnostic or treatment advice. So if something in this podcast has raised queries about your own well-being, I would please ask you that you seek appropriate medical support from your personal GP or another practitioner. However, if you would like some more information on seeing myself for personalised occupational therapy support, you can please refer to my website at www.bloomwellbeing.com.au. Thank you.